Hey everybody, welcome to This Week in Zoltan, episode 329. This is take three. I should do these episodes more often. If I did, I'd have like a system worked out. There wouldn't be a memory card with four minutes left of memory on it. There wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't have technical issues. I wouldn't have to remember what episode this is. This is my weekly podcast that is genuinely at this point bi-monthly. Okay, why? Because I don't have a boss. I'm my own boss. I don't have someone coming in going, hey, you are six weeks behind on your podcast. Why don't you put another one out? It's just up to me. And most of the time I just go, I I don't feel like it. But today, it's a rainy day here in San Diego. I don't want to be out. I don't want to be walking around because it's chilly weather and I don't do chilly weather. It's an indoor hang by your plants that your fiance sets up in this green room section of your house. Uh, Hope you guys are doing well, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast app or Spotify or wherever the hell you listen to this yammering. Um, I want to start off by saying a big thank you to everyone who came out to the shows this past weekend in Alameda in the Bay Area. Uh, You guys were awesome. We did the shows outside. Outside. Like it was 2020. Yes. I thought I said that wrong. Yeah, we did the shows outside like the pandemic was six months old because it's the Bay Area. The Bay Area is like, like Cali- it's, it's where California isn't California enough, if that makes sense. If like the rest of California has really tough sanctions, the Bay Area will be like not tough enough. You know, we're going to add some more. And I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to make this political. I'm double vexed and boosted. I don't care if you are. I am. Because uh, I don't, I don't, I never met my father. All right. I don't know if genetically I can survive this. Uh, but once again, Bay Area, they, they, everyone was like wearing masks outside. Like that we went to the park and no one was near each other and everyone had their mask on. Almost like. If all of them did it, maybe Obama would magically be president again. Like some kind of Captain Planet magic would happen where everyone's wearing a mask and be like, wind, water, heart, mask. And then here comes this green mullet of Captain Planet and then Obama's president again. I It felt, it's just weird. I guess that's the weird part of, of all of this is that no matter where I am, it's different. Like I last month, I was in uh, Georgia and Florida, and over there, their restrictions were very different than what they were here in my hometown of San Diego. And then, even though I'm in the same state, we went up to like Alameda, the Bay Area, and it was very different there. And I don't care. All right, I know, I know. While you listen to that, you are waiting to jump in and either call me a communist or a Nazi. I get it. I get it, that's the world we live in right now, and you're trying to identify which side of the aisle I'm on, and uh, I'm on yours, alright? I'm on whatever makes you not mad at me. Just don't be mad at me, alright? I don't know anything, and odds are neither do you. Everyone's giving it their best shot. Uh, So anyway, thank you for everyone for coming out to Alameda. You guys were a wonderful audience, we made the best of it, it was freezing, uh, I did comedy up on a deck, which um, which was great. I got to rehash some old jokes because last year I got to do 
that in uh, at the comedy store in La Jolla. Uh, we did it in the back alley on this back deck that they had. And I think I made a joke that I, I look like I was running for president in the 1800s when like candidates would be on the back of a train and they would give a little press conference and a little, you know, little rally and then the the train would toot toot and then they chug off to the next town that's what it looked like like i was just popping out reminding everyone to vote in november and let's bring in some prohibition and then toot toot i'm off to the next town uh so that was cool it was good to rehash some jokes from being in that situation i think that's a lot of what makes you decent at comedy is remembering weird situations you were in coming up with the jokes for that situation and then two years later when you're in that same situation having the recall to be like oh yeah this joke worked let's try it again um so thank you for everyone that came out to those shows uh here's a good time let me remind you my upcoming schedule this friday uh february 25th 27th i don't know whatever this friday is i'm in huntington beach i'm back at the rec room it's a fun little room inside of a place that looks like a Dave and Buster's. Like there's all these games and then there's just a side room uh, where they have a comedy club. It's nice. I think it only seats like maybe 150, maybe 200. Uh, there's still uh, a couple handfuls of tickets left for that. So feel free to buy that if you were in the Southern California area. Um, other than that, I have shows coming up in Dallas. Uh uh, I can remember them. Charlotte, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Portland, Oregon, uh, Everett, Washington, uh, Chehalis, Washington, Washington, D.C. I'm working on Philadelphia. I'm working on Pittsburgh. I know people get so I'm working on Denver, by the way. I'm working on a lot of cities where people leave comments going, when the hell are you coming to this genre, this region, this area? I'm working on it. I'm doing this tour all myself. And what I mean by that is a lot of these shows aren't going to be at traditional comedy clubs. Uh, they're going to be, a lot of them are going to be at music venues. Some of them might be a coffee shop. Some of them might be at bookstores. They're going to be in weird areas uh, because I, 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 there's some towns that you guys want me to come to where that comedy club doesn't return my email. And my fiance was like, hey, why don't we just set up our own shows? I can do the Facebook ads. And so that's what we've been doing. I've been looking for venues. Emma's been nailing the Facebook ads. You guys have been buying the tickets. Thank God. Otherwise, I'd be in some town just eating my ass on advertising costs. <laughs> but you guys have been showing up. And it's been awesome. It's been really good. That's actually been some of the one of the reasons I haven't had time to do this podcast. Is um, it, it takes way more work to do it this way. Instead of just reaching out to a comedy club and them going, yeah, here's a date, and then that's it. I got to reach out to like 8 to 15 venues in a town. Hopefully some of them get back to me, work out a door deal. Do they have seats? Do you have this date open? Have you done comedy here before? Which isn't the worst issue if they haven't. But just going back and forth and then finally settling it, getting the ticket link up, and then putting the ads up and selling them to you guys. The legwork is 10 times as much but the profitability of these shows is also 10 times as much uh, maybe 10 times is a little egregious maybe not 10 times but more okay and i end up getting to do a show 
for people that want to see me. You know, and no one who just got free tickets and stumbled in and then they got way too drunk because it's Dubuque, Iowa, and they don't have security there to police the room, so you have to stop the show and just wait for people to leave. Uh, I'm not saying that just happened two weeks ago, but I think that just happened two weeks ago. Um, so anyway, come out to a show, and if your town isn't on my list, it's coming. I promise you I'm working on it myself. And you can also sign up for my mailing list on there, so I can shoot you an email with my updated dates, and then you can know when I'm coming to a town near you. Uh, other than that, man, it's, uh, I've been, it's been a weird, you ever feel like you're hexed? (laughs) That's how it feels. I feel like no matter what I do, and no matter where I go, I'm gonna stub my toe, bang my knee, lose my hat, lose my camera, flight's gonna get canceled, you're gonna stay at a bad hotel, you should have done this, I should have done that, I shouldn't have taken that show. Everywhere I turn, earth and the world is giving me not a full kick to the nuts, but a slap, which sometimes hurts more. I don't know if you've ever felt like going through a stretch like that, but listen, if whoever's watching or listening to this, if you went and talked to like a Jamaican witch doctor and put some kind of spell on me, just send me an email, ask me, what I can do to have you reverse it, for the love of God. It's just been, I lost my camera. This is this is my old camera with a new lens. Not that you can tell if you're watching this, but I lost Emma's camera. Emma had a nicer camera than I did. I don't even know what it was. It was like a Sony A7 with a giant, it was, it was a really nice camera. And we were flying out to do our shows in Atlanta. This is early January. And I left the camera under the seat in front of me because I went up to grab her luggage first. And then I just forgot about it. I forgot about the camera under the seat in front of me. And I didn't remember until we went to baggage claim to get my bag. And that's when I'm like, something's missing. I left the camera bag under the seat. And I panicked. I went and talked to some Delta agents, which, by the way, the Delta agents in Atlanta were sweet but also couldn't care less. It was a mixture of the two. It was weird. Like, I talked to one, and she was super sympathetic and was genuinely trying to help. The other two that I talked to, uh, I could see in their eyes, they are like, I hope you never get the camera back. It's how it felt. And then so I had to run back through security, get back through the gate. I don't know if you've been to the Atlanta airport. It's huge. And then I got back over there, and thankfully the plane hadn't left yet. It was scheduled to go to London. It wasn't going to take off for, like, a few more hours and there's a nice lady I found, and she's like, I'll go check. It's not there. They had me fill out a bunch of paperwork. But the point is, it's gone, all right? It's February 22nd right now, and this happened January uh, 20th. So it's been a month. It's been a month and two days, and I, it was on the, it's gone, all right? It's gone. Someone took it, either a passenger or the cleaning crew, and I think it was the cleaning crew. My fiance was like, it was probably the cleaning crew. Then I thought it was the cleaning crew. Then the lady who cut my hair, she told me she used to work for the airlines cleaning the airlines. And they're like, they used to fight as to who got first class because first class passengers would often leave some nice ear, like AirPods out. Maybe like a, a, a Zoom shuffle. Remember the Zoom? Migrant, you know, the, the, that's where like the good stuff would be to be had been taken. So, 
Anyway, I'm trying to be positive. You know, like whoever got the camera, they're cleaning airplanes. So it's not, I don't know what you get paid, but I doubt it's a lot. I hope they got a good payday out of it. I just felt bad because it wasn't even my camera. I lost my fiance's camera. And uh, so I felt like a real heel. I also lost my hat that day. Like, I'm just, I'm just out of shape traveling. I used to travel so much, and I was so good at it. I never lost anything. You know, 2019, I was ne- from like 2015 to 2019. I don't know the days, the amount of days, but I had to have been on the road 200, 250 days a year, somewhere in there. And I was good at it. I knew how to check into hotels. I knew how to deal with like flights being canceled. I never lost my cool, at least as far as I remember. And ever since like the pandemic happened and life paused, I just haven't been traveling as much and I'm out of shape. I'm out of travel shape. I lost my dumb hat at TSA. I left my camera under the seat. I keep like making dumb errors. I keep like, like uh, right now flights are expensive, so I'm not always flying with Delta. I flew with American Airlines, and we last uh, two weeks ago we were flying back, connecting through DFW Dallas, which American Airlines has left me stranded at that airport three times before this. Because when I used to work on the cruise ships, they would always fly me American, and I'd always have to connect in DFW, and three times in a row I was just stranded there, whether it was the airline's fault or weather. And then I'd have to spend the night at the worst hotel of all time, which one of those was uh, DFW Hotel and Conference Center. If you ever like are so bored you want to look up bad hotels, look up DFW Hotel and Conference Center on Yelp. It's a one-star hotel. It deserves less than that. I left a review, but read everyone else's review. It's a dump. Which, side note, the worst hotels I've ever stayed in have been in Texas. Why is Texas the slumlord? I'm not saying they don't have good hotels. I've stayed in good hotels in Texas. But the worst hotels I've stayed in in Texas, top 10 of them are in Texas. I think I worded that weird. I'm saying the worst hotels I've ever stayed in, top 10 of those are in the state of Texas. I'm not saying other states don't have bad hotels, but Texas really shoots through the stars when they're like, we're going to come in first place in this. We just are. Um, so I've just been out of shape. Been booking with American. They've been getting us stranded. I got, I'm got. i usually a national rental car guy, but they've been expensive. So I rented a car through uh, Thrifty, which I had been with Thrifty before. And guess what? We got a crappy car. We got a, a Chevy Malibu with 65,000 miles on it. And we drove it through the rain, but it had old windshield wipers. You know when you drive with old windshield wipers and it just smears the water like jelly all over? the. That's what we got. That's what we ended up with. I'm just out of shape. I'm out of travel shape and I'm trying to get back into it. But it's it feels like it's a mixture of that and just that I'm hexed. Like I just feel like some voodoo witch doctor threw some chicken bones in a wood bowl and then for the last two months i've just been stubbing my toe met like figuratively and literally on everything i spill i've broken every wine glass we have not just i've broken like 10 glasses in the last two months just butterfinger i can't do anything and i don't know what i did 
Uh, but I'd like it to stop. If anyone knows anyone in the voodoo world, or if anyone wants to just pray for me regular, I'll take it. I'll take it. Please. Uh, I don't know. But that's been that's been what's up with me. I'm uh, I'm just trying to live my life, go out there doing comedy, keep in touch with you guys. I am planning a new. Uh, I'm planning on recording my new hour in April and filming it. I was gonna use the camera that I lost, but now I'm gonna buy a second one to accompany this one, and I'm gonna film it at the Grand Comedy Club where I filmed Modern Mail. But we're gonna have the Modern Mail looks like. It was filmed on security footage <laughs> in a liquor store somewhere because I wasn't planning on releasing it as a whole special, but whatever. This one, I'm going to have a two-camera shoot, maybe three cameras. It will have professional audio, uh, just like the last one did, and uh, that will be in April. So hopefully I can get it up and to the good people by May, May or June. Um, but that's everything with me. I'm just trying to keep up with the world. I'm trying to keep up with everybody else. I feel like not only am I hexed, but I feel like the world is turning me into a Republican, which nothing against Republicans. I just, I feel like there's two ways that people switch political parties. Or I guess what I mean is two, two ways people get their political beliefs. Either you grew up in a household where those are the political beliefs of your parents and you adopted those, that's the camp I'm in, or... Uh, I guess your parents were the opposite of you and you rebelled or you grew up and changed, I guess. And I'm becoming a Republican. And it's not for any other reason than like, it's not for any of the big ones. It's not even for taxes. It's not for uh, uh, cancel culture. It's not for any of the reasons that I feel like a lot of other people are turning Republican. I just want to park. I want to park my car. I know. That's all I want to do. I voted for the new mayor here in San Diego. He's a Democrat. I voted for him. And also, don't hate me just because I said that I'm one political party that you may not be. What do we? That's what CNN wants us to do. That's what Fox News wants us to do. Let's just like each other for people. But anyway, I, I voted for this Democrat fella. And I, I, I liked him so far, I guess. One of the things he, he ran on was he's like, I'm going to open more bike lanes in uh, in San Diego. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't ride a bike. I don't own a bike. I've fallen on bikes. I'm not a bike guy, all right? and But I'm like, whatever. I'm not against bikes. People want to ride bikes, ride bikes. You want to build them a little bike lane so it's safer for them? Absolutely. We've, we had someone get killed. I get it. But I didn't realize, or at least it wasn't stated, that if we get these bike lanes, we were going to lose a plethora of parking spaces, which is what happened. My little boxing gym that I go to, BoxFit, over in North Park, uh, I just found out one day. One day I went in, and all the curbs were painted red, just red as red as the devil, down the sides of the street. And I'm like, what's going on? It was already not that easy to park in that neighborhood before they did this. And now... It's just impossible. Now I got to leave for boxing like 30 minutes early for a place that's like five minutes away because I know that either I'm going to get lucky and find a spot like I did yesterday or I'm not and I'm going to have to circle the block for 10 to 15 minutes looking for a parking spot. Just And you know what that happens? Like every time it's just like me and 10 cars circling the block looking for parking that isn't there 
And guess what we don't see while we're circling? People on bikes. There's, I've seen like one bike rider. I'm not saying there aren't more there throughout the day, but just for luck or just for the way of the world to kick me in the schnuts, they're like, not only are you going to not find parking, but the reason there is no parking in this bike lane, you're not going to see any bicyclists. There was nobody. There was nobody. It's They just built all these lanes and took away the parking so me and nine other people can circle the block. And so one guy, I guess, at some other time of the day when I'm not there can just zip down there just wafting his hair in the breeze and having some water with his little shorts so he can comfortably and safely zoom down 30th Avenue. And I don't, I, why can't we do both? How come we can't have the bike lane and parking? I don't understand. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a, I don't know what kind of engineer you have to be to implement uh, little, little bike lanes and keep the parking, but figure it out. Or at least tell me. That's it. That's what's turning me Republican. I just want to park my car. I just want to... That's it. I still want all the other stuff to stay the same. I just want to park a tiny Honda Fit so I could go to my little boxing gym so I can keep my weight down so I don't get fat shamed on the internet in the comment section. It's a simple ask. I believe, but I can't. And now I keep thinking about it. Because I have friends who are conservative. I grew up in like a... And there's a difference between Republican and conservative. I've also thought of that. Like, I've thought about the people that I know that are Republican and the people I know that have turned conservative. And I don't know if I fit into that level. But I think I understand why people become Republican later in life. I, I was thinking about it a lot this morning while I was walking around talking to myself like I do like a psycho. But I was thinking about me when I was in my 20s. I, in my early 20s, I was single. I was out and about doing shows. I still do that part, but I'm not single anymore. And I would meet different people and you talk with them. You hear you, you travel more, maybe more traveling abroad. And then you hear about all these people's issues and different things. And then you wanna you wanna kind of fix everything, right? You wanna kind of like we we gotta make that's not fair, that's not cool. How does that a thing? We gotta fix that. And then as I've gotten older, I turned 35 this year. I do less going out. I'm in a committed relationship, so there's less meeting new people. I have a smaller circle of friends. Like in your 20s, you have friends that you actually dislike and despise, and then in your 30s, you make that realization. You're like, I'm not gonna hang out with that guy anymore. He sucks. And he causes my life more grief than, than, than joy. So I'm going to get rid of him. And so you stop hanging out. You stop meeting new people. You start whittling down your friend list to like four people. And then, and then you stay at home more. And you're just in a committed relationship. And then, you, and then sooner or later, your viewpoint on the world and what you want fixed and what you want bettered and what you want changed just comes down to, I want to park my car at four in the afternoon so I can make it to my boxing class. And then like that, you're a Republican now. I <laughs> I don't know if that is actually how it's done, but in my head while I was thinking today, I'm like, that kind of makes sense. I'm not saying all Republicans started that way. I'm saying the ones that converted. I think that's what slowly happens. One or two things. One, either you start paying taxes, which I started doing a few years ago, but that still didn't make me make the switch. I'm like, whatever. I guess I got to cut a $30,000 check to the IRS, which sucks. 
because that's more than my Honda Fit that I'm looking at right now is worth. And I de- I'd like to drive a $30,000 car instead of a $19,000 one. It looks nicer. It looks like those come with uh, the seat warmers that toast your cornhole while you're while you're driving. And it makes rainy, cold days not as rainy and cold because your cornhole's at a, at a higher temperature than it would have been in the Honda Fit. But So it wasn't the taxes. For me, it's the parking. That's what's getting me to switch. And I'm honestly, I'm saying this half-jokingly. I'm, I've always been a moderate politically, uh, but damn, this bike lane, you should have seen me, you should have seen how mad I was. I have a joke about the bike lane now, and I did a show in San Diego uh, a week ago, and there was a, a young lady that came to my show, and her and her friend are tattoo artists, and they work at a tattoo parlor that's next to the, uh, the boxing gym that I go to, and Apparently, they saw me the first day where all the parking was gone. She told me this after the show. She's like, yeah, I saw you that first day when all the parking was gone because I was doing someone's work, and then you just walked by, and you looked pissed. And then I turned to the person I was working with, and I was like, oh, that's like one of my favorite comedians. That's Zoltan. And he looks mad. Yeah, and so apparently, I'm one of those people that I can't hide my emotions in, in my face, some people have a good poker face. I don't have that. I have a very, whatever I'm feeling, you can see on the outside. And while I'm walking to the boxing gym, apparently I'm just like Joe Pesci in uh, in Home Alone, just over these bike lanes. And that made me so embarrassed. When she told me that, I just started laughing and my face went red. That, like, she was a fan, she saw me experience it, and then, like, a week later, she saw me do a joke about it. She actually got to see the, that was like a director's cut, the whole evolution of the bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm not proud. I'm not proud of it, but that is what's going on with me. Uh, that is what, what is happening with me. I don't, I am, I am getting older. I almost got scammed. I, I, they, I don't know if the scams are getting better or if I'm getting more vulnerable to the scams, if that makes sense. I got a text uh, that said it was. It looked like one of those texts from Bank of America fraud department because it said we're from Bank of America's fraud department. And uh, did you try to sell Travis thirty five hundred dollars? If you don't know what Zell is, it's a way to send money. And a little backstory, about a month before this, I had my debit card compromised. They tried to buy something online for like $1,000. Bank of America caught it. They called me. And then they, you know, they did the thing where they cancel your debit card, send you a new one. So this is a month later. And then, like I told you, I've been hexed. I've lost cameras, lost my hat, keep stubbing my toe. I get crappy rental cars. American Airlines left me in stupid Dallas for the 80th time. So I'm like, here we go again. I'm, I'm, I got a scam. As someone tried to steal $3,500 from me. So they got this message. Did you try to send this guy Travis $3,500? I'm like, no. And they're like, you're going to be getting a phone call in a second. And I get the phone call. And it's it was a scam. I found out as it went on. But it wasn't like an Indian accent. That's the classic scam, right? They're like, you know, they do the Indian accent. And then they give some white name. You know, I'm Mark Smith. And then you're like, that. I've never heard anyone with that accent with that name before but it wasn't like that it's just like an american voice 
And it sounded like the people that work at Bank of America, because I've been on the phone with Bank of America recently. And then they're like, yeah, it looks like your thing was compromised. And I remember I went on my Bank of America app and I didn't see anything. I didn't see that I'd zelled somebody. There was nothing impending. There's no money missing. And then as it went on, it slowly dawned on me what the, that it was a scam, but it had already gone too far at that point. They asked me to, uh, uh, they're like, did you get an email with a four-digit PIN to get in your thing? And I did. And in the email, it says, do not say this to anyone. We'll never ask for it. And I gave it to them. I gave them that information, which looking back on it makes me feel 117 years old. Like that makes me feel so gullible. But I had just had my debit card compromised. They'd like, they're, I'm in, you know? I was already in this frame of mind to be had by these people. And then after I gave them that PIN number, then they tried to get me to sell money back to myself, which is where my suspicion went up. And I was like, what? And they wanted me to sell money to an email account that I had, but it wasn't connected to Bank of America or my Zelle, if that makes sense. My Zelle is connected uh, with another email and phone number, and they were trying to get it to the this other one. And when I put it in, I was like, this is weird. Bank of America wouldn't have me do this. And on top of that, when I put my email address in, in the bottom it says Paulo. It didn't say my name. And then I called them out, and as I'm realizing this, I'm getting angry, all right? I'm getting angry, I'm getting emotional, because I realize these guys are trying to scam me. And I'm like, this isn't Bank of America, would never do this! And he's, he's over there panicking, and he's like trying to calm me down, because I guess they have me right on the cusp. And uh, point is, I yell at him, and then I'm like, transfer me to your manager. He's like, right away, and then he hung up on me. And then, like, I called the number back, and apparently this phone number was just used for all these different scam lines. Like when I called back, it was now a scam for old people to try to give them like some hearing aid. And they're going to send it to you, but first they need all your banking information so they can steal your money up front. And I, I guess just looking back at it, it's just terrifying because I know I'm on the cusp of being had. You know, I'm right on the cusp I'm th I, I'm 34. I turned 35 in May, and they 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 got me to read them the code that says don't read this code to anybody. They almost got me to trick me into thinking I'm sending myself $3,500. Thankfully, I had two brain cells left to realize that was ridiculous and never what they ask of you. And it just made me realize that I'm 10 years away. I'm and that's a that's a. That's a soft estimate, but I'm about 10 years away from being scammed out of a good amount of money. Like, and I don't know if it's me, I don't know if the scams are getting better, but if both are a little bit true, I'm on a trajectory to lose a good sum of money in about 10 years to some fancy highfalutin scammers, and that's not fun to think about. It's not fun to realize how dumb you are. <laughs> and it, you know who it made me sympathize with was the elderly, the people that they usually go after in these scams. Though that's who like my heart went out to cuz imagine how they feel. 
they fall for scams that you and I think are easily dumb. And, and I'm sure after the fact they realize it, right? They've been told, hey, this was a scam. This person stole your money. And they must be mad as a hornet at them, but mainly at themselves. Mainly at themselves. And I just... Uh, I sympathize with the elderly who've been scammed, but also I have a lot of fear for me. I'm well on my way, buddy. I'm well on my way. Reference this video in 10 years from now when I have to could have put up a GoFundMe because some scammers got a bit of my loot and I got to figure out how to pay the rent. It's, it's, it's highly plausible. I don't know. Um, what else happened? Oh, we got a new social media app. I read that. We got Truth Social that got launched today. Trump's Trump made a new uh, social media app because he got kicked off all the apps off the Twitter and YouTube and Facebook, you know, for that pesky insurrection thing, uh, which is so funny how the day that happened, everyone was like, this is mortifying and, and, and horrible and egregious. And then here we are a year later and everyone's like, well, was it so bad? <laughs> and you're like, all right, you got to keep the energy that you felt at the time. Um but he, anyway, he launched his own social media app, Truth Social, which I, I get it. I get that they want to put up a platform where you can't get, uh, you know, no censorship. But you got to come up with a better name. If, if I do have a critique on the right, their stuff doesn't sound cool, you know. And I'm not even disagreeing. You know, you guys have your beliefs. I, I respect them. I respect your opinion. I just think the names, the titles... For your slogans and your and your apps, not that cool. Truth Social, Truth Social sounds like a a church dance that they're doing to compete with Homecoming. That sounds like a dance that a church is putting on to try to get some of the teens not to go to Homecoming. They're like, no, no, no. We're gonna have a respectful. We're gonna have a Truth Social, a biblically Truth Social, where you will dance arms width apart. And if you get any closer than that, we will hose you down like the horny teens that you are. They just come up with a better name. And then apparently, I tried to sign up for it today out of morbid curiosity. I want to see. And I would, wouldn't it be funny to be like, I think it would be funny to be politically left-leaning and moderate somewhere in there where I lie, but still like, just, it would be hilarious to like, build up this giant hard right conservative fan base that'd be interesting because then they'd come out and see my shows and i always try to make jokes down the middle so like both sides can laugh i always try to make fun of both sides and just to see i guess how they would react to that but anyway i tried to sign up for true social and uh, i can't get my email you know i gave them my email address and they're supposed to send me a code so i can sign up they just never sent it and I went, I was listening to the news this morning, and apparently that's like a big issue. And that's the other part of it. Like, all the good engineers and all the good, like, technical people, they're on the left. And all the good marketing people and the ones that come up with, like, cool names, like something that would be better than Truth Social, are on the left. That's why we all got to work with each other, you know? Because there's good ideas on the right, too. But all the cool, artsy, technical engineers or or graphic designers they're all on that side so all the that's why all the conservative memes looks like you know grandpa learned photoshop kind of 
and then you're like, why is it grainy and out of focus? It's because all the people that know how to work this crap are on the other side. That's why we all need to work together. You know, everyone, there needs to be less division in, in the world and in the country. I'm sorry, is that too communal? Am I trying to bring together too many people? Uh, I don't know. I think it fits the motif. If you're watching this on video, I have a bunch of plants behind me. So, like, I think, you know, come together. You know, vote for who you want and feel how you feel. But if someone disagrees with you, love them. Give them a big loving hug anyway. Uh, I think that's the episode for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening, downloading, streaming. Uh, whatever you do to get this, don't forget to give a thumbs up and subscribe and go to ZoltanComedy.com and come see a show. If you're listening on the podcast app, give me a five-star review and a comment. Why don't you? Huh? All right. Cheers, everybody.